All right, hello everyone. Ashley Garrison here again for week four of the Lending Made Easy podcast at Baker Hill. Um, this week we're going to be talking about just the vendor partnership. So you're a bank, you're a credit union, you are looking for a new uh, LOS, you're looking for a new um, deposits, uh, deposit opening, account opening um, uh, solution. Really, the question is here, why is it more important to find the right ecosystem than just looking for a vendor or a product? So Brian, um, I'll let you tee this one off, but the, the, really here, how do we help banks and credit unions understand, you know, what type of ecosystem they're buying and why that's so important uh, to their purchase? Yeah, absolutely, Ashley, and, and one that's a bit near and dear to my heart, having worked in, in this space of, of financial technology, uh, for a, a lot of years, more than I'd care to admit at this point. Uh, it, it's one of the most important factors to successful long-term success with any software solution. Uh, you know, we've seen shifts in the industry over time of, you know, best in class versus single provider, all, you know, all these different ideas, which at their root, all come back to the same thing, which is we will always need a set of partners to, to run a bank or credit union. You can't go one place and get absolutely everything that you want. Um, you're going to have to have a partner ecosystem and ensuring that the ones that you work with work well together is going to be what differentiates a wildly successful from a barely getting by set of products. I mean, David, how many times have you seen it where a project gets to the end of the day, you know, you, you've gotten a solution working, the last step is integrating it to the stack, and you can't. Either one solution doesn't have the right set of APIs available, or there's a prohibitive cost to integrating into it because you're a quote unquote competitor. Uh, you know, how many times have you seen that just that relationship between supporting vendors derail a project? Yeah, and we've actually taken out other you know competitive vendors because the integration work wasn't done right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. Uh, there's two instances I can think of, and it just flat out was not done correctly. And the the level of um, the work required by the bank post implementation was was re really high because of the fact that the data was incorrect, the integrations were, were not working properly, the boarding wasn't working, the extract wasn't working. So, you know, it's, on, it's, it's important that your partners talk to each other and figure out how are we going to connect these things? How are we going to make our, our joint client happy? And, and, and so the first question I'd have to ask is, would these two partners of yours actually get in a room together? I mean, could you imagine them getting in a room together and actually discussing how they might solve your problem? Because they may be such at such competitive positions with each other that that will never, ever happen. Mm -hmm. And you should know that before you purchase those two pieces of technology. Because there's lots of situations like that. They're just not going to talk to each other for one reason or another. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's a, a pet peeve of mine at this point. The the whole concept of open API, right? You hear it all the time. I'm an open API. I can integrate to anything. Well, you, you might be, but not everybody is. And 
just because you have an open API doesn't mean that it effectively supports what it is you're trying to do, right? The devil is in the details with this every single time. And, you know, David, you're absolutely right. If, if you're trying to bring, and sometimes it's not just two partners together, right? Sometimes it's three, four, a delivery partner. You, you may have, uh, you know, quite a few people uh, that are necessary to make a complete end-to-end -end process work that need to get together to support you as a financial institution to deliver on that that seamless process. And if they can't, if they won't, then then you're going to have a disjointed process. You're going to have the workarounds. You're going to have uh, you know band-aids to to keep it running. That you know it's hard to tease out during the the evaluation process because it's easy to say open API. It's easy to say, oh, I can integrate with that and and not know the questions to ask to ensure that you know these five very specific things i need to run my business are going to be possible yeah and with enough time and money you can connect anything right well the reality Absolutely. is you don't have all the time you need or nor all the money uh that you, you prefer not to deploy that much money on this particular <laughs> problem so understanding that yes doesn't always mean yes i can connect my solution to anything doesn't always mean that you have the, the the complete answer, right? So you need to get to the bottom of whatever it is you're trying to connect together and understand that. Uh, you know, we have projects where we work with multiple departments within the core provider. So the core, you know, your core provider probably provides you with imaging, right? So you've got an imaging team, you've got a core team, you know, you've got to work with these different teams to do an implementation and understanding, you know, how those things work get it right the first time, making sure there's communication between those teams, um, you know, is critically important. And if that's never happened before, good luck getting that, you know, started as the first institution. So just, I think the bottom line here is check out who you're, who you're checking out and make sure they've got connections into the next partner in the line. Um, so if you're a lender, or you're buying a, uh, you're buying a loan origination solution, you got a lot of construction lending and you're looking at draw management software. Well, you know, does, does, will they talk to each other? Will they work with each other? Are they competitive in any way? Are they at odds with each other? Or will they talk to each other and facilitate, you know, connectivity within your ecosystem? Uh, just an example. Um, you know, the same thing could be applied to deposit account opening. If you're going to open up an account, both on the deposit side and the loan side, in the same session, those solutions need to talk to each other if you're going to create an ideal customer experience. Um, mm -hmm. And if they don't talk to each other or they've never talked to each other, um, you might want to get get them talking to see if it's even possible uh, within your time and budget to facilitate what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, one might be really whiz bang, but if it can't talk to the other one, then that's not going to help you, right? Because you're yeah. trying to create this customer experience and it's, it's predicated on your tech stack talking to each other. And, you know, people that are really, really good at lending don't necessarily spend a whole lot of time at deposit account opening. That's a whole <laughs> different animal, right? That's yeah, a whole different set of regulatory requirements, set of docs, set, you know, set of connectivity. Um, there's a user experience you need to focus on. Uh, you know, people that are focused on commercial lending, most of their focus is on the employee experience and facilitating their work because that's where the heaviest lift is. It's not the it's not the front end for the commercial lender borrower. Commercial borrower is not doing a lot in the transaction. It's the employee. So, just understanding all the different um, players and what you're trying to put together and making sure that's architected appropriately uh, is kind of the key to our to our segment today. Yeah, it's all around yeah. picking the right partners. 
The other thing I would say is, you know, if you if you find the right product today, you want something that's going to grow with you, right? You want something where you're buying a solution today that is either there's a plan to evolve it, there's a plan to enhance it, or there are other um, solutions within the the platform itself where you can grow. Um, so, any any thoughts on that digital journey? You know, that that a bank might yeah. be going through. Absolutely, and I I think that's an important idea, Ashley, because we. We've kind of grown accustomed in this space to talking about things like minimum viable product. Uh, we we look at phased project deployments, and it's it's easy to lose sight when you're in an evaluation of what I really want my end state to be and what's important in that end state. Um, you know, I've I've seen it where people get talked off of integrations in the you know, the first iteration. And thus, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I don't realize I have a problem until I get there, right? And and not knowing that, oh, I'm going to have extra cost because, uh, you know, the vendor told me that they've integrated with this solution before, but I'm not able to reuse any of that. It's still a custom integration, and I have a check to write for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to steal this from a client of ours. Uh, that you know, rather than talk about minimum viable product, they actually talk about minimum consumable product. Meaning, what what is the minimum set of things I have to have that it's something that my constituency will consume, and that may include some integrations. There may be table stakes. You know, I I may be coming off a system that allowed me to fully board alone to the core at the end of the process. Well a minimum consumable replacement would have the exact same functionality. And I can't be dissuade from that as part of my project plan if uh, that's what I'm coming from, right? So I, I, I would rather see a shift to that consumable idea because now the banks can and credit unions can talk about what do they have today, what's must have for a, a current state, and then grow from there. Um, it, it is important to figure all of those things out up front. You, the last thing you want to do is is get caught with unbudgeted expense. Um, once you move past an initial phase, it's all well and good to try to move fast and try to get a, a small solution in place to get started. But what does that mean to my total cost of ownership, right? Am I missing big gaps down the road because I'm not considering my overall ecosystem? Uh, you know, you, you need to make sure you hold vendors accountable, hold us to task when when you're putting together the long term roadmap and understand it's it's not enough to say that, oh, I've integrated with that before because it may have been for a wildly different concept. Right. I may have integrated with product X in the past, but it was only to pull a data extract from them. And, and that was my integration. Well, if your need is to push data to that platform, my experience with that other partner means nothing in this uh, in this equation. So being specific, understanding what are those needs, what are those pushes and pulls? You know, David, David mentioned it that, um, you know, integration of any two things is possible. It's just at what cost and is it relevant from a business perspective? I, I always use the example we can. Have our uh, have our workflow solution integrated to turn your coffee pot on in the morning, but nobody's going to want to pay for that. <laughs> it doesn't bring business value, uh, you know. So, but 
getting all of those things out on the table, even if it is turning the coffee pot on, if that's important to you, uh, you need to make sure you understand exactly how uh, the vendors are going to do that and that it's, you know, a, a compliant uh, coffee manufacturer. Maybe Keurig's not the answer. I don't know. <laughs> well, awesome. Any, any final thoughts from you, uh, David, on this particular topic? Yeah, I mean, many of the community banks that that we see every day are are using a fairly manual process. They may have some solutions with respect to commercial lending or, or small business lending, but they're point solutions, meaning they're not connected to anything else or, or much else. So moving to a platform where you've got lots and lots of automation is appealing, but can be daunting. So the idea there that you're talking about, which is, you know, being able to expand your platform as you as you expand or move yourself up the digital learning curve, it's critically important to be thinking about as you're selecting technology. So what you're going to automate today is likely not going to be the same as what you're going to automate in three years or four years or five years. And what you don't want to do is have to replace your platform because what you've purchased won't grow with you. So, you know, the paper and pen that you're using, the Excel spreadsheet, the SharePoint, the, uh, the Word documents, those are not growing with you. They're not growing as you decide to go more digital with more automation. Those are examples of technologies that work really, really well until they don't, and then they will not grow with you any further. An isolated doc prep solution that all you do is prep docs with, that's not going to grow with you. Mm-hmm. So as you as you think about the digital experience for your employees, which is the critical component for a community bank that does commercial lending, if you think about that, what level of, of automation ultimately will you get to? I aren't going to get there today if you're using the toolkit I just mentioned, but you need to be able to contemplate that as you think about growing and moving up that digital experience curve. And the digital experience curve just starts with pen and paper on the left and full automation on the right. And as you move up that curve, you increase the levels of automation yourself, preferably with a configurable approach. Um, but that, that's possible, but only as you become more and more accustomed to it. The day your analyst built his spreadsheet, it wasn't as good as it is today, right? It evolved over time. The same thing is going to happen with your platform. It will evolve over time with a more and more automation. You don't start day one with pivot tables, do you, Brian? Uh, it'd be awfully difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually well, you figure out how to build a pivot table in Excel and it's like, wow, that's really cool. And if, I you know, in business school, we all read uh, the Toyota way, um, I'm sure. And so one of the things, uh, key concepts is Kaizen or Kaizen, depending on how you pronounce it. But it, the idea is continuous improvement, right? So you need a solution ultimately that's going to continue to iterate as you grow um, because right, right. the companies and the banks that stand still are the ones that, you know, are going to get left behind um, in this digital age for sure. So uh, great talk. Um, as always, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a great episode next week, Um, but uh, thanks for tuning in.